Welcome back to the Double Click Podcast. Today, we're talking about leadership and control. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, before we get too dove in, wow, wow that was great. <laughs> too dove in. Too dove in. All right. Before we get uh, too deep into the conversation, just a couple things. Um, this one wasn't necessarily directly birthed out of like like our time mm-hmm. with God. Um, this was birthed out of what I would call the the actionable part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just me and Justin having one of those conversations, kind of old school where we used to develop topics, mm-hmm. but it's one we kind of felt led to to jump into today. Uh, the other thing is this. Uh, we're definitely not experts on this one. No. Because, Learning it as we go. Yes. And when we say leadership, just to give that a little context, this applies to everybody on some level. Yeah. Because really what we're talking about are those areas of your life where you are the person who is responsible for X. Yeah. Yeah. The, every Everyone at every stage of life has some level of leadership. We're not talking about the, the CEO at the top of the chain that, that leads every single person. Even that person has, has, has a leader above them. But everyone has influence. Everyone has some level of leadership. Yeah. And really... As I'm sitting here thinking through this and just starting our little pre-conversation, the word just suddenly kind of hit me. This is really talking about a discipleship aspect. Mm -hmm. Like it's talking about that part of you being allowed by God to play a role in someone else's spiritual growth. And to be honest, like we as believers, we're pretty horrible (laughs) at knowing how to do that. Like it's amazing that God can still use us to draw people closer to Him when a lot of times we get into that role where, oh, it's our responsibility. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we make it just so much about us. I think as we were we were cracking open this topic, it's really it's really about sanctification as us as the person leading, but also mm. discipleship as we as we as we lead others too. So yep. it's I think it's a not only are we discipling others, but the Lord disciples us through this process, which we'll we'll talk right. about. Right. And I feel like we're already gonna dive into this and just to let you know, like there's none of this just in our pre-conversation we're going to talk through that I think feels comfortable when you're the person leading. Hmm. We'll use that phrase. Mm-hmm. And whether that's the as a parent leading your household, as someone discipling someone else, maybe you are in a leadership role in your, your professional life. Maybe it's with a, a sports team. Uh, maybe you uh, are really one of those odd people that have a toy collecting group on Facebook, Justin, um, and and you take the lead on that, you know, and so it's going to apply over and over again in your life. Because here's the thing, when we as humans are put in the responsibility seat, meaning like, hey, you're responsible for this, and another way they say that is like, you're the leader, and I just want to be like really careful, because I think, Justin, you you can echo this, I feel like... I grew up in a time period where they tried to tell you all throughout school and everything that like, oh, you're a leader. Yeah. And the way that came off was it, it was really weird because it didn't give into account like that some people, it was like you need to be standing up on the platform, yeah, setting the example perfectly, acknowledging no mistakes, telling yeah. everybody what to do. Yeah. So like for me in a sports context, yeah. it was always this super unrealistic pressure to be perfect and make everybody else around me be yeah, perfect. Yeah, and the, and the, and I've had that twisted idea of that's what a leader is in my head for 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 decades. Yep. And I mean, I had a boss one time tell me, "Hey, you will never be able to lead people. You're you're way too nice." 
And and I thought that's it. I, that's just who I am. I'm too nice. I'm going to be a follower, right? You have you have leaders and you have followers. I'm going to be a follower my entire life. And then one day it hit me, you know, Jesus was the greatest example of a leader that we could ever have, and he wasn't this iron fisted, evil, maniacal person. He was gentle. He was lowly. He was humble. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think we we have to kind of squelch those those lies and kind of. Um, I guess in our generation, and this is no offense to those people, but I would give it the term of like our father's leaders, right? Like the guy that's on the pedestal, that's perfect, that's shiny, that that just seems to be bulletproof. That's really not what a leader is. A leader right. is someone who's messy in the trenches, who has scars, who messes up, but they know how to to maneuver around that. Right, and I also think like there's this weird pressure because we have this like you know we created this what I call a cartoon character leader yeah. description. We yeah. just said there's this pressure we put on ourselves that puts us to a point where, like, we can't deal with our own failure as leaders. Right. Right, or as people who are responsible for, Mm -hmm. or when we're in that leadership chair. Like, we have this pressure of perfection that we daily are aware we don't live up to. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those, like, where we almost, and maybe this is what helps, like, like creates that uh, fake Sunday morning grin. Right, mm-hmm. like you walk in the door and you've been yelling at everybody in the car. Da, yeah. da, da, just got there, yeah. you know. Like you know, one child doesn't have shoes on, whatever. Right. And you walk in the door, and be like, oh hey, how are you? You know, like like maybe that's what creates it is this lack of ability in our minds to go, no, I can be transparent. Yeah. Like, well, and what's crazy to me is the the paradigm there is, in my experience, the higher up you go in leadership, quote unquote, higher up you yeah, go, yeah, yeah. then the more of those troubles you face, and the more of those uncertainties and I'm unsure like you I don't know that just grows as your leadership influence grows at least in my experience that it's not like you get to the top or you become a great leader and then everything falls into place actually things I think get harder the higher up you go in leadership yeah absolutely well I think let's change higher up yeah the more responsibilities you encounter that fall under your plate yeah the, maybe the wider the net, yeah, your, and so, reach of your leadership. So, so diving in a little bit to this, I think that's kind of the tension we want to talk about. Because here's what happens, I think instinctively for a lot of us is once the responsibility falls on our plate, mm-hmm. once we're taking the lead on it, mm-hmm. I think that's the place where we begin to kick into a few, and and this is probably almost everybody, you kick into a few overdrive areas that aren't healthy. Because I think as soon as that responsibility falls onto our plate, we know that it's our responsibility. Mm-hmm. So that means we need to be in control. Mm-hmm. And that means we need to get all the credit. Yeah. Good and bad. And so the fear of getting bad credit, the fear of get, like, oh, I didn't do what I needed to do, drives us to like take that control fist and tighten it. Mm-hmm. And it ends up back in that weird situation mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, if it's your responsibility, it can be something simple. Like I'll give a, I'll give a great one of my failed leadership is my responsibility for my yard, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am not a grass guy. I don't know anything about plants, how to control them. I can set them on fire on occasion. Like I know there are neighbors that walk by my yard and they're like, oh, it's that house, right? Yeah. You know, and, but but for me, it's like, that is a failed area of yeah. responsibility or leadership. And I can get in my headspace about it and be like, oh, no, I, I, I just I just didn't do it. And I can try and be overly controlled about it instead of releasing. Yeah. And I could, because here's the deal, I could pay someone, mm-hmm. if I cared that much about grass, <laughs> to come and give me an immaculate yard. And then I could stand at the end of my driveway 
and talk to my one or two neighbors that love that kind of thing. And I, I, I can, I can name them. Like mm-hmm. they would stand there and be like, "Hey, man, that grass looks great." Yeah. Right. And I can stand there and be like, "Yeah, yeah, I've been doing a good job." But uh, like, like once again, I could organize it so that I get the credit, and I'm exhausting that responsibility. Yeah. And so when we have that responsibility that falls on us, pride is is a funny thing. Yeah. Because I feel like when we're talking about pride, in this sense. It's almost a, I don't know how to verbalize this, Justin, you'll fix it. It's almost a regretful pride. Mm. Like it's one of those, like, we want to take credit for it going well, but we always feel beat down that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think you you said it. We always want the, the credit. We always want things to go well when things go bad. And it, and if things go south, if things go bad, and our pride is the priority, our pride's wrapped up in it. Then I think it goes back to that conversation that we talked about before, where our identity is is somehow wrapped up in that too. So if it goes if it goes yep. poorly, oh man, I'm a failure, right? We've right. we yeah. had we've had that conversation. If yep. it goes well, then I'm amazing, and our identity is still wrapped up in that. And both of those can be super unhealthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so here's where I think. What we're talking about is when people get involved. Yeah. All of the sudden, you put those things about minor leadership or responsibility things. You take those and, like, let's take it in the context of, of children mm-hmm. or or friends you're working on a project with or coworkers that you're on, on an org chart, you're over. Yeah. Then when things go bad, your reaction to that is not, oh, graceful and peace kind of like like our sermon was mm-hmm. this week it your reaction to that is what did you do right right and you can see this i mean you know it's the the walmart parent example right like you can see this about like the kid ain't acting right sorry davis <laughs> county fell out of my mouth and all of a sudden you're embarrassing the parent in the store and i've been there right. like i have been there as a parent like let's just let's yeah. just confess um and all of a sudden the parent is reacting out of their reputation mm. in handling the individual they have responsibility for. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, and, and it's funny because I've, I've felt myself do it in certain social settings and I've seen other people do it. It's like you glance out of your eye and you're going, oh boy, get up off the floor. Now, you know, like yeah. you're, you're there. Yeah. And it's because that's your responsibility and all of a sudden it's not going well. Yeah. And so what you start to do is you do a pride recovery. Yeah. Yeah, you're embarrassing me. Yes. Right? It's not yeah. about, let me correct what's going on. It, for, in the example of children, yep. you know, it's a, you're embarrassing me in this place. You know, it's it's yep. my pride. It's about what are people going to think of me and my parenting and how I raise my home, yep. you know, my kids in my home. And yeah, it's all about that identity wrap up. Yeah. And so <laughs> diving into this, like, so let's look at the idea of control. Because I think that's the thing when we have a responsibility that, we grab on to too much, especially like in the discipleship context, parenting context, uh, org chart. What we want to do is we want to grab control and move to a micromanagement mindset that doesn't enable, teach, or allow people to grow. Yeah. And also, if if you're doing that, you don't get engagement either. Yeah. You're dictating. You're not leading at right. that point. And this, and that's where all this started. Was I'm going to give Matt credit for this for this really cool statement. It's if you're not in control, then you're not leading. And that's that's a, I think that's a leadership lie, right? Like that's and that's what was right. your point in making that is we believe this lie, this myth that if we're not in control of people, then we don't we're not leaders. We don't have leadership capabilities. We have to be the ones in control, telling people what to do, making sure things are happening. And that's one that's exhausting. Two, that's just that's just a lie because this whole time we've been talking, 
we often think that leadership is about my responsibility, yep. me getting the credit or the rewards and my control. And, and, and what we're going to dive into is leadership is meant to be given away and, yes. and all of that. We're supposed to be giving away responsibility. And when I say giving away responsibility, I'm talking about delegating. I'm not talking about me being at a place of authority going, hey, I'm giving you this to do. You figure it out and, and go do it. That's that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about going, hey, person over here, I see you have talent and ability. I'm going to delegate a task to you that I, I think you can handle and that you're going to do a great job at. And then we we give away credit. We give away the rewards, the accolades, because we want to be lifting up the other person, not just patting ourselves on the back. Yep. And in all of that, we're giving away essentially control. Yep. We're, we're the control is not just with us. It's now with a team of people. Right. And so you were saying that, and a math equation just popped in my head. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna put this like like super simple. So. If you're the lead, mm-hmm. or you're the person that's responsible, and once again, we're covering many contexts here, and I'm going to go back to to a family situation mm-hmm. with this. So you have the responsibilities that are on your plate, and you're in a place of responsibility for other people. So let's say a parent and children. Mm-hmm. And let's take a responsibility like taking care of cleaning the house. Okay, so watch this math equation that happens. All right. All right. So if you are in the control mode, because you need to have a spotless house and it needs to be beautiful and you're going to take control, you're going to oversee everything, you're just going to give orders and you're not going to teach people how to do the Mm -hmm. responsibility and take it off of your plate and put it on theirs. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you are one person cleaning up after two, three, four, five, however many people are in your Mm -hmm. house. And here's the math equation with that. Amount of work, one person can clean up after themselves in a efficient kind of way. Mm-hmm. But one person trying to order four other people around, right? which is my miss. Right. Like I will get into, like you may have joked about, like about once a month we angry clean. Yeah. Like we come rage home clean, and, yeah. We're, yeah, the rage clean, and we're not yeah. ugly about it, yeah. but we're just direct. We're like, you go move that, take that shoe up there. Yeah. Like that. And I'll get in that mode. And all of a sudden I am exhausting myself because I'm not teaching anyone how to visually. And this is, this is what's funny with, 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 kids like simple things like that when they're real little like Mm -hmm. you realize like they don't know what clean is right and so you legitimately have to teach them hey if there's this is on the floor this needs to go to its spot and so then it goes in the closet with everything else nope it needs to go to it you know and so we do that parentally and in leadership all the time is we sit there and we go oh i can't take this off of my plate and put it on theirs which Mm -hmm. is a slow process it's a repetitive process it requires us as leaders to learn how to have accountable teachable moments Mm -hmm. yeah and what that crosses in the christian realm now we can do that with our family like Mm -hmm. like we can we can say something that we're might not sound nice yeah Yeah. (laughs) right yeah but we get into the church world we get into two different situations and all of a sudden we don't want to cross that nice line Or we don't realize we're crossing the jerk line mm-hmm. because all we're doing is saying, well, you, you're not good enough. Yeah. And that's not a grace line either. And so yeah. we keep dancing between these two realms. Yep. There's there's a difference between, like you said, teaching. And I think that's a key word in this responsibility and in, in the leadership is, is leadership is often being a servant and teaching through those moments. If you're standing up straight, just pointing at where things go in the cleaning example, then you're you're not helping to clean. You're just ordering people around. But if you get down on the ground with your kids and go, hey, look at this shoe. This shoe goes on your foot, so we're going to put it with the rest of the shoes out here on the rack in the girl. Like, wherever yep. you put your shoe. Yep. Like, if you, if you explain it, 
then they understand the why and you're teaching and you're a part of that process. And now you're instantly a better leader because you're teaching and a part of that process. You're not some dictator standing on a pedestal just screaming out orders and pointing your finger. And I think that completely applies into the church world. And that's what we call discipleship, right? If, if, I'm, if I'm standing on a corner thumping a Bible going, hey, you're wrong and this is what you need to be doing this, that's really, people, I guess, can come to Jesus that way or can learn truth that way. But mm-hmm. if I'm in the trenches with them, if I'm walking through life with them, if I'm giving them my story, my example, teaching, pointing them to Jesus, getting my hands dirty in that situation, that, that's what we call discipleship. And that's what we call growing together. And, and in that process, I'm being sanctified. I'm growing and they're growing. Yeah, and and, and we're sticking on the cleaning example. We'll stay with that because I think that works really, really well and then you can apply it out. Mm. But it's also like you ask a child to clean their room and here's what always happens as a parent, right? Like especially if they're younger and they don't they don't really know what clean is, and you say, "Hey, clean your room. I'm gonna come check in 30 minutes." Mm-hmm. So you give them a task, then you walk up there, and the room's not clean to your standards, <laughs> right? Because it it never is. It yeah. never is. Yeah. Okay, which is is funny because I always never mind. Went a different conversation. <laughs> um, and so you walk in there, and so then your reaction is, and this is where you got to be careful. This is where it becomes a journey. Are you going to look at what was done well and for learning points mm-hmm. and say, hey, you did a really good job here and here. Mm-hmm. This goes here and this goes here. And so next time, make sure that goes there. Oh, okay. But what do we as parents like to do? Point out what they didn't do right. <laughs> <laughs> or let's get worse. We take it back off of their plate yeah. and we go, you know what? Just go downstairs. I'll take it. Yeah. Right? Which is even I've worse. never done that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We never do that. We're, we're the most uh, patient, perfect parents ever. That's right. Right? Uh, so really, as we're talking through this, I think when you get to the discipleship context, like you're, you're leading group, you're talking to a coworker, a lot of times where that applies is we look at where we're at spiritually. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing that believers, I struggle with, all believers struggle with. We forget where we were previously. Mm. We forget the journey God had us on. And so we look at somebody and we'll look at the high offenders, mm-hmm. like especially if it's like in the sinfully language, whatever, and we'll immediately like drop the hammer yeah, and forget, wait, God has to lead them to this. Yeah. Like me, me just pointing out the errors and trying to take control and set boundaries for them doesn't always work. Yeah. Like that, that, that's not how relationally somebody grows closer to God. And so a lot of times we will put our... And, and you get, we can have another conversation with this. We'll put our secondary kind of things that have helped us spiritually focus as we'll put them in that sin category, and then they become the law, like mm. Old Testament style. And all of a sudden, well, you can't do this, this, and this. Instead of, you know what, I'm going to journey with you through this, and it's your responsibility, yeah. and I'm going to give you feedback, and you have to accept. Here's your key leadership <laughs> responsibility principle. Anything that you take off your plate and put on somebody else's plate so that they can grow is not going to be done to your standards. Get over it. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I go back to the, the cleaning example. <clears throat> you know, my son, who who is seven currently, may not clean his room to the standard that I want him to clean. But the goal would be giving away that leadership, giving away that influence and that directive, if I come home and he goes, hey, Dad, I cleaned my room today on his own, right? To me, that's the win. In the same way with discipleship, if if you're with someone and they're they're walking through their faith, they it may not look like yours. It may be different. 
But if they come to you and go, hey, man, on my own, I opened God's word today and I studied it. You know, and that quiet time may not look like yours. It may not be as disciplined yep. as yours. But really, we, we are teaching them how, like the, like the old adage is, how to fish, right? We're teaching them how to do that for themselves. And so I think if we get hung up on, well, you're not doing it the exact way I taught you, or you're, this doesn't look like how I showed you, whether we're talking about cleaning our room or whether we're talking about following Jesus, we, we're kind of missing the forest for the trees there. We want yep. We want whoever we're in that teaching moment or that discipleship moment, we want them to be able to take their responsibility, right? It's about them learning and feeling that responsibility. We've taken it off our plate. We've yep. delegated. And now they have to be the ones that run with that. And that's that's really what leadership is, is, is letting go yep, and absolutely. relinquishing and teaching people how to do it on their own. Yeah. I def- and, and I think that's a skill. Mm-hmm. And I'll use that word, that you no know human's born with. Mm. And so it's something you've got to develop and work on yourself, is how to put something on somebody else's plate. And then walk with them in the handle and let them find their way of accomplishing that goal. Yeah. And in my in my experience, there's a lot of failure in that journey. Oh, absolutely. And you can't be afraid of that. Oh, so oh, fear of failure. That, that's where we're going with this? Yeah. Maybe. The other thing I'll say is this, and this is, I think parentally, I, I heard this at a conference or whatever. Um, somebody was talking about something and they were talking about, it might have been cleaning. Maybe that's where I mentally stole this example or whatever. And they were talking about, as a parent, you have very few chances to speak with urgency mm. and it be heard. So use it wisely. Mm. So for example, cleaning example, go up, kids clean their room. All of a sudden they've set something in a situation that's a fire hazard, right? Like they shoved paper on the light socket switch right. or whatever. At that point, you want to use a little bit of urgency. And that's where that that control aspect where it's a bad thing on the other side, but you want to let them know, hey, this is going to burn the house down. We don't need to do this. Right? Right. right. And But you want them to hear you. But if you walk up there and you use that same urgency with shoes not being in the right place and clothes not cleaves and what did I just say? (laughs) Clothes not being folded, like all those things. And so back to the spiritual aspect and the discipleship and the, the leadership at work type thing, you want to allow them to take it, but hey, if they're moving, getting ready to fall off a cliff, you want to go get them. Yeah. But you want to be heard because if you're communicating with just, and that, and that gets back into that control micromanagement instinct we all have, where we just nitpick to death, and then all of a sudden, we can't warn them they're getting ready to go off a cliff. Yeah. Hey, if you cross that line, your job's going to be in jeopardy. Yeah, if we do it all for them, they never learn. Right. right? And the same in leadership, the same in discipleship. Uh, whether it's the business world, the church world, whatever, if you if you don't let people kind of, you know, find their legs and and, yep. and fail a little bit and succeed a little bit, they'll they'll never learn. They'll they'll always lean on you as a crutch. And so we have to be able to relinquish that control. Yeah. So here's a challenge uh, as we close out: as you're driving in your car, walking, listening to this, whatever you're doing, mentally right now, think of relationally somebody that is quote unquote under you in leadership. And then ask yourself this question. How can you relinquish control? What specific thing, specific area are you going to relinquish control and practice? Because that's what we have to do. Are you going to practice really discipling them, growing them, and leading them mm-hmm. in the right way? Well, that's our challenge for you this week. We thank you for listening. Once again, if you have questions, comments, uh, you would like to tell Justin that the Muppet Christmas Carol is terrible, uh, email us at matt at richfork.com. Yes, I'm still on that, Justin. And (laughs) justin at richfork.com. We thank you for listening and hope you have a good week.